Hey everybody, Basement Sports Podcast number 43 coming at you. Can't believe we've made it this far. So we're at Troy Palomalu, number Basement Sports Podcast. Uh, Duty, how are you doing tonight? Very well. What's up, my bitches? The 43rd time we're coming on here with this bullshit. Yes, we're having and we fun. We have a guest. You're not, we actually have a legitimate we, we, We've guest. got a we're guest. Actually, we've got a guest. I'm so fired up. Not, it's no longer Greg's dog, then we're making shit up. We actually have a legitimate death. Jesse Marshall. Jesse Marshall from the Athletic Pittsburgh uh, Penguins writer is kind enough to join us tonight to talk to talk some Penguins hockey. Jesse, how are you? Uh, legitimate is questionable. <laughs> so don't get carried away. Be careful how you promote this. I don't want you guys pulling an old bait and switch. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll, we'll do much worse than that. Jessica. Yeah, don't worry. Don't worry. We're fired up to have you. Thanks so much for coming on tonight uh, right here in the middle of, uh, of hockey season. And a lot has gone on with the Penguins. Um, but I want to start off with what we've seen recently with this team, which has certainly been uh, much improved play uh, over the past few weeks. So I, I just want to ask you, what have you seen in this team in the last number of games, you know, aside from last night, they finally lost uh, to the Bruins in overtime. But what have you seen with this team as far as where they've improved? And is this something that Coach Sullivan has kind of made some changes that's clicked and has worked for this team uh, in, you know, over the past few games? Um, I think the when I think the changes that have clicked have just been from a personnel perspective and maybe changing the lines and you know, he struck gold with the Malkin and Kapanen partnership, yep. but like, those are micro things, you know, to me, I mean, it's just a, the whole of the, the, some of the parts is working, the system's working. It, like there's a commitment to defense. We've seen the like heart stopping three on O's a lot less over the course of the last couple of weeks. I think that's reflected in the data. You can see it on the video. Uh, the whole has just been so much better. I, I you know, it comes off the heels of, you know, the f- go the way back to that Flyers game now, just a couple of weeks ago. Right. The uh, 3 0, uh, they blew the lead uh, game. Mike Sullivan said at the end of that, I don't know what I need to do to explain this stuff to people because these are systems they've been using since they were nine. Right. You know, like <laughs> I haven't introduced. Yeah, travel uh, hockey. This is, yeah, this mm-hmm. is stuff that everybody, you know, this is very basic stuff. And, I don't know if that's what did it or, you know, what sunk it in there. But uh, from that point forward, it was just, you know, er- the process was much smoother. Those m- min- uh, uh, those moments of just total meltdown uh, haven't been uh, appearing quite as often. Jesse, do you think uh, Sullivan was told to change the lines by Hextel and Burke, uh, the new guys coming in to try to shake things up? Or do you think – he just did that because the message wasn't sinking in. Uh, I think it was a ladder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it was just try anything. You know, you got a big dose of Casey DeSmith during that period too. Uh, for, I think some of the same reasons. I think, I think even, I think even in looking at the POGA journey, you know, and how it was handled, you know, he went from just getting into the league to, we're going to deploy the hell out of him to, oh man, we broke him. Uh, you know, so I think it was like a process, you know, I think it's just been, I think there were things quite frankly, to be honest with you guys, it went really poorly in the off season. I'm going to like total transparency, the lack of any really functional hockey operations department 
meant that Casper Kapanen got here late. Right. Evgeny yeah. didn't have access to ice. Who the hell knows what else was going on that we don't know about, you know? And and then it's easy to say, well, you got to let these are professionals and then blah blah blah. Yeah, that's true. But every other team in the league, uh, maybe with the exception of Buffalo and Arizona, and you don't want to be lumped in with them ever, uh, has this on lockdown, right? And and did not have these issues. So I think there was just like an acclimation period for these guys that was significantly longer as a result of some of the deficiencies they experienced with availability of ice and et cetera, et cetera, in the off season. That's not a popular answer, by the yeah. way. And I know that like we want to rom- like, the romanticism of Jim Rutherford's time, like from some people continues. That's just how I feel. Uh, like you, how, how, what other team in the league would have let their star player, like one of their best two centers go without availability of a rank. Right. Well, it's true. Well, it's true. obviously none. And <laughs> well, um, I wouldn't put it past the Sabres, though, everyone. Let's right. be honest. Yeah. I just, I, I need, I guess I need your opinion. I, I think they're playing better. There's no doubt. And Malkin's obviously been playing better. And maybe that goes back to your took a while gel. But how much is it just they finally got an easier schedule for the first time? They're playing people like Buffalo and the Rangers. They're not playing Philly and Boston and in the Capitals every game. I mean, that has to help, right? Um, I think it helps, yeah, to some extent. But, like, even these last two games against the Bruins, you know, they they really, other than that first period of game one, mm-hmm. they really just knocked the socks off Boston. <laughs> I mean, if not for that kid, you know, um, um standing on his head last night and later yeah. standing on his head last night that i mean they probably would have won that one um you know you're getting the officiating and playing with 10 forwards on top of it right right uh i'd even go back you know even those islanders performance uh performances post philly uh, were pretty good mm-hmm. they're pretty patient you know, they bought into it you know they weren't trying to force a square peg into a round hole which is what they often do against the islanders and you know then you get caught off the counter attack and you know you end up with montreal last year so uh I, I think you're right. I mean, it, it helps to get a dose of Buffalo and New York in there, but you could still lose to those teams. You know, I mean, that's no guarantee. And if you come out with a bad process, you know, hell, Philadelphia was a couple of weeks ago fighting for their lives uh, against yeah. the receivers there. You know, and that's just the result of probably not taking it seriously enough. So you still got to take care of business, right? And they've they've done that, and that's encouraging. See, I, I, I got I to gotta say, you know, that – that a lot of people point to that flyer series. <clears throat> they took two out of three. It really should have taken three out of three. Cause you brought up right. the three nil game and what happened. But if you look even before that, okay, they played, they, they played the capitals in Washington twice. They split that series. Penguins won the first game in overtime, then lost five to two, but then they went to New York and, and they split those two games with the Islanders. So you had, you had a split and a split. But over the last four games against the Islanders, because they had Islanders, Capitals, Islanders, the Penguins took three out of four games from the Islanders. And then they come back and you have that flyer series. And it just seemed like in there was when they turned it, you know, things started to click. Then you had the Rangers. And I got to, I I know this might sound a little bit silly, and I'll, I'll, I'll explain, I'll explain myself. So then he had two games in Buffalo and to bring in what's what Pittsburgh fans go through with the Steelers in the Steelers losing to teams they should beat. It did my heart a world of good 
to see the Penguins go into Buffalo and take care of business. Because I think they even brought it up on the, on the broadcast. Was that it was four points or nothing out of that, out of that two-game series. 100%. And, yeah, and, and, I mean, and, I mean, you're, getting, you're going to get the same thing here, though, like coming up against New Jersey. For sure. And, right. and that's a team that I don't – you know, Buffalo is what it is. You know, they've, that's never really been – it's not a divisional game. You know, it is – They blah, suck. <laughs> against, but the Devils, like, I don't – you remember the last – before pre-pandemic, like the last game that uh, we played, before, like in a normal life, was mm-hmm. against New Jersey. Yep. And they won, and it was like in some innocuous like Tuesday night game, you know, where they're trying to right the ship. And we made like everybody made such a big deal out of it mm-hmm. because they beat yeah. New Jersey on a Tuesday night. Like, and that to me, it's like I, you know, hockey is one of those crazy sports that features like all kinds of different like, you know, and like wild uh, things where teams always struggle against certain teams, and they got to do it against the Devils for me to believe it. You know, like I'm still. <laughs> You said like you wait for the bottom to fall out. Like that's the team I think that that sort of like really has their kryptonite. So as, as we're getting closer, we're going to ask a few questions here about the current leadership of the team. But from what you see right now, as we're getting closer to the trade deadline, what pieces do you, I mean, barring injuries, and I know we've got, you know, an injured Malkin and an injured Bluger right now, but anticipating them coming back. What pieces do you need? Do you think that this team needs to find the trade deadline that might, you know, put them in that legitimate category of making a run? Uh, well, I, you know, we don't like quite know how long Teddy Bluger is going to be out. Mm-hmm. His injury has been described as "quote unquote" longer term. Okay. Okay. Uh, so that's not good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, and and They're really thin, really thin at center. Sure. Yeah. So that's that's one right there, right? Um, right. you're probably going to have to address that now. And there's no like, and that's the other thing is that, you know, I, I got an article coming tomorrow about the, just sort of the, the turnaround this team's made defensively and who some of the major players are. And if you look at just the landscape and I, I, I don't look across the NHL cause all the same teams are playing each other. Right. So I'm just looking in the division because otherwise yeah. apples to oranges comparison, but Teddy Bluger is the number one hands down best defensive player in the, in the East division. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not even close. Okay. <laughs> so you can't go trade to fix, like to come, you're not going to compensate for that. Right. You can't, doesn't, you're not, unless you're, you know, going out and getting number two. Um, so that's, you know, I, now on the other side of that, you know, like Marcus Pedersen probably becomes the odd man out. Mm-hmm. Right. And is, um, I'm okay with that. Yeah. By the way, Sam Reinhardt is Buffalo is the number two player, uh, in the division defensively. So maybe you actually could get him. Um, that's he's got a one out of, kind of a joke though. Uh, yeah, but, uh, <laughs> no, I, so uh, Pedersen's the one that's kind of the odd man out now, like Ron Hextall has been, you know, I, I sort of like um, cryptic maybe in his d- description of what he plans to do. But the thing we've heard him say like most commonly is like for like. So what he, I think he's getting at is like, I'll trade you Marcus Pedersen, but you give me like a really decent third liner back and his trade benefits both teams. So you have no future assets involved. You don't sacrifice any picks. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, there's a glut of left-handed defensemen. It's going to be one of them. I don't think it'll be Brian Dumoulin. He looks like he's got his game back and his swagger a little bit. So probably is Pedersen. So I think you think you know probably you're looking at like a middle a middle nine guy like a third liner that you know with some righty. Yeah, that'd be nice. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesse, going piggybacking on what you just said about Hextall. I, 
little background. Greg is a Pittsburgh homer. He's likes all the Pittsburgh teams. All he's been around. He's the big Pitt graduate. I am none of the above. I, I live in Pittsburgh for 15 years now. I wasn't born and raised here. So we have different perspectives. Um, I was actually, I'm from central PA and I grew up basically a Philly, Philly sports town guy, the Phillies, the Sixers, the Flyers. I've since turned my allegiance in hockey to the Penguins just from being here and and they're actually fun to watch when I started watching hockey. But Hextall, when he was with Philly, he wasn't known for making deals that'll help you right away. He was more, more known for getting his minor leagues, younger kids set. And all of a sudden, those kids now, the last couple of years, are playing really well. So even, is there anything, do you, do you have any inkling um that Hextall would actually go out and get a center a backup center because they're because of depth for depth or maybe uh another defenseman to get some of these guys or do you think he's gonna do what he always does and and second part of that question to you would be where does where does Burke or is it Burke or Berkey how does he pronounce that (laughs) anyway what kind of influence does he have on that decision as well uh well to the latter part none uh, he, so I think this is like a concern for people right out of the gate, right? Was that he was going to try to like stomp around on the personnel side, but I don't get that impression at all. Cool. Um, okay. he's actually, I think he's been pretty quiet to be frank with you. Yeah. Um, yeah. I wish I he, I of, wish he was more verbal because his old press conferences were awesome. Oh yeah. The tie and all that. Yeah. <laughs> um, a great well, he was, he had the tie off down in Wilkes-Barre the other day. <laughs> so there's a picture of him on Twitter with the guys down in Wilkes-Barre with the tie off. So. <laughs> <laughs> um uh yeah so that's very much you know like i said to you guys before they just are so much in the in the the dark ages from a hockey ops perspective that that was like a necessity you know they needed they, they and you know there were rumors last year that they tried to get dale talon to come in and play that role um but it, you know noting that that's what they've asked them to do you probably can't get anybody better at it and you know, they already went out and signed Catherine Wu um mm-hmm. who's awesome i mean she's just a great get for the analytics side so he's already building it right um i think from like a, an approach standpoint you know, i think he's adapting to the situation here so you're probably not going to get a blockbuster home run right as a result because i think he's still getting his bearings on you know what the team has and you know sort of what they take stock what's what, what's in the pipeline and etc cetera, etc cetera. so um that i think it'll be a little bit more low-key but I, I don't I don't think he's going to outright plan for the future mm-hmm. or, or, or um, you know, do everything with a move, you know, with every movie makes has the future in mind. I think he's just looking to preserve what assets the team has because there aren't really any. And Dude, their he, minor leagues are horrible. Uh, yeah, I mean, you really have like at this point in time, you have two goalies in Sweden who I think are both phenomenal, but they're both like five years max. Or yeah. min minimum away. You have yep. Samuel Polan and Nathan Legary. Both are, are like they're good. They're okay. Right. But like that's it. That's all you got. That's it. Yep. That's it's like they're not a whole lot. And when you have Jonathan Gruden who you just got in the trade, it came over and is, you know, just getting acclimated to the pro game now. And and these are all, you know, longer term situations. So you can't afford to go out and be luxurious right now with this stuff because you know, there, there's going to be life after uh, Crosby and Malkin. And, you know, right now you're not really planned for that. And I think Ron Hextall's 
ideas remaining competitive now uh making those sort of like for like trades while you know holding on to the the, the uh, minimal number of assets that they've got he's not going to be I, I mean correct me if i'm wrong but it seemed like jim rutherford had a had a love for, like he got rid of draft picks like we he did you that's know, what, my he, next question was going to be does does jesse off the top of his head know how many draft picks uh the penguins have coming up Oh, so this year they don't have the first rounder because they got no, rid of that. No, they do not. <laughs> so they have. Thank you, Jimmy. Ooh. I don't think they have a ton of uh, assets coming. Oh, I'm pulling up my list now. Well, yeah. you're doing that, and you can answer that when you have it. Uh, we need to get before you have to go and your wife goes into labor <laughs> in your kitchen. Uh can we just talk about the bullshit penalty last night oh, um, against Tanev? I was wondering when this was going to come up. Oh, I, I, the more <laughs> I heard, I heard the radio today on Sports Talk on the radio. The more I hear the way that the NHL does its penalties, and whether it's a minor, and then if the guy, you know, a high stick, if the guy doesn't bleed, it's two minutes. But if you draw blood it's four minutes or five minutes. Well, you know what I would do? I'd go down in a heap and then punch myself in the lip or something and then to get more blood out of the damn thing. Yeah, man, but what like a bullshit penalty was that? And now I don't know hockey as well as either one of you two. Uh-huh. However, he played the puck and he was five feet away from the boards. How was that even an illegal hit? How is it even a minor? I don't get it. Someone please explain. Well, Before I it's, kick the yeah, it's the discretion, right? So like, that's that's really what it comes down to is the, the discretionary side of things here. Like, I think five feet's probably generous. I I personally thought it was further away than that. Yeah, um, I mean, that's a good point. Yeah. That, now, and because of like the way the rule is written, he the re- he the ref has the ability to to take number of strides into consideration, the impact with the boards into consideration, and I said to somebody last night, I was like, technically speaking, I could be 20 feet away from the boards, you know, take five big pumps towards you, hit you, you could slide and hit them and that's boarding, you know, like, I mean, that's really, so to me, and it was funny because at the exact same time that happened in the Minnesota game, Jordan Greenway jumped off his feet I saw in an that. attempt to decapitate somebody with his elbow Yep, I saw. and that. he got a two minute minor. Yeah. Because <laughs> they missed. Almost you juxtapose both. No, he hit him. There's yeah, but he part. didn't hit him like he was trying to. Hit. Oh, you're right. Yeah, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I, I, so to him. me, it's like I, I, I would not. If you had, if that had been a minor penalty, I probably I would have lived with it. Like yeah, I'd been, I'd have complained. Oh, I could have lived. Like, I could have lived with that. The five like, minute major in a game misconduct. I, I uh, the match yeah. penalty. I couldn't. I couldn't go there. And they even reviewed it, Jesse. Like they. Like yeah. I don't see I mean, after after they reviewed that hit that Tom Wilson made a couple of weeks ago, and and yeah. and that was and that's what Sidney Crosby said last uh, night. You know, yeah. like and it and it you know he doesn't ever say this stuff. So, you know, when he does say it, you know, people take notice of it. But he said like the, and I always call, you know it's always the standard, right? The standard of officiating. Right. Um, you know, we we know we're unfortunately in a league where it changes from the playoffs to the regular season and back again. Um, you know, it, it could be dictated by the number of penalties mm-hmm. your team's already taken. Mm-hmm. Um, it's nonsensical is what it is. It's made up. It's like the rules and whose line is it anyway? And, you know, players yeah. aren't really looking for that anymore. I think as yeah, still, they don't really, there are no rules. 
this I, skill it's a skill game you know mm -hmm. it is and and that's the other thing i said today on on twitter was you know the biggest one of the bigger problems we have right now as a sport is that we don't need to change net sizes or reduce goalie pads or do any of that nonsense you just need to call interference just call yeah, it thank call you it every time and then thank never you it. the specific kind of interference too that i'm talking about is what i call it is like puck pursuit interference where i have a line to the puck so do you and i'm going to go out of my way to take your line right like right. that i hate that you know you're just taking fast players uh and i'll use like capo caco for an example who uh i think is like super talented and i think his big adjustment for his first year was learning how to deal with that and not having to deal with it previously in the other leagues that he played in. And then you come to the NHL and it's like this, you know, unfortunately like this bargain bin style of defense that a lot of, of players have uh, that the league was at one point, probably kind of serious about um, partially and has just completely gotten disinterested over time. And, and people say, well, I don't want to increase scoring by inflating the number of power plays. Neither do I. People make adjustments to these things, right? So if you make a consistent, and a concerted effort to call this stuff over a whole 82 games. Mm -hmm. And then again, into the next year, you'll, you'll stop getting power plays and you'll start getting organic puck battles that are based on speed and skill that lead to organic scoring chances. You know, it's like, but we don't want to make the investment in having that culture shift over a long period of time. They could do it for a month. And they always do it successfully for a month. Right. Uh, but then by the time you get to Thanksgiving, everybody forgot about it and we're back to the same old shit. Yeah. And, and, and then they swallow, then they really swallow the whistle during the playoffs, you know, and, yeah. and, and, and stuff yeah. goes, I, I just, I, I, I was really, really amused, you know, after the, the 10 F last night, I was on Twitter, which I shouldn't be as much because it's just, I mean, I, it, it can get into a cesspool on Twitter, but I digress. But, here, here come the Capitol fans and the Tom Wilson apologists out of the woodwork. Yeah. And they're like, oh, so, you know, you're defending Tanev and the dirty hit that he made. that You crushed Tom Wilson. I was like, don't I'm, I'm thinking to myself, don't even go there. Are you shitting me? You're actually comparing these two players. To and me, it's just like I, I, I don't. Uh, well, first of all, imagine a situation where like. And I understand that this is a ridiculous comparison. I fully acknowledge that. Where I'm going is stupid. That's okay. This is a ridiculous podcast. Thank you. Like, I, I don't, perfect venue you for that. Say I don't understand the, the fact that we've like created this culture and environment where being a quote-unquote repeat offender is something that could just fall off you know, after a two or three year period, I think it was, <laughs> exactly. you know, like, imagine like, imagine if that was applicable to real life. Right. Like, yeah. yes, I have driven drunk and murdered someone with my motor vehicle nine times, but every three years I get a new chance, you know, and yeah, they they go the out there and they just keep giving me my license back. So that's what it, I mean, it's just stupid. You know, I don't understand it. And I think that you can't really have a department of discipline that's serious about it. If you're, like out there you know, saying like oh you're you're transmuting all these sentences or commuting all these sentences excuse me it just doesn't make any sense does there hasn't been anything that's come out i haven't checked that there's no plan for like uh, uh 
10 of has to no, be, there's no, 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 no they didn't totally look at it like okay under the rug yeah no i think you'll probably never hear about it again it's 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 a i'll tell you what one thing i enjoy and maybe this just makes me weird after they make a ruling i love to go online and watch the videos that they make about their ruling and suspension i love those because they they, they go like they, you know it, it's 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 well crafted it's like step by step and they always end the same way they always like it's like this is interference yeah and the we have decided to suspend tom wilson for seven games it's like very dramatic <laughs> at the end I will say though, like I, I think they were at their best when Brandon Shanahan was personally narrating. I agree. I so, agree. Yeah, Shanahan kind of lost great. that a little bit, you know. Yeah, they kind of lost that Shanahan vibe. Um, did you were you able to pull up that that information on the? Uh, no. On the draft. Okay. No problem. We'll we'll totally we'll forgot. take. No, that's okay. We'll <laughs> we got into the. Tana, we'll get. We got into the Tanev argument. So let me let me ask you this, Jesse. Uh, overall, so far this year. Before I want to get into the goaltending as well, but so far this year, who has been the biggest surprise on this team, and who's been the biggest disappointment? Well, I got disappointment. We're all going to agree on. No, well, let's see what. Let's see what um, <laughs> I think disappointment for me is probably John Marino. Okay. He uh, he's been bad. I mean, there's just no really <laughs> other way to cut it. I mean, I, I you know it's soft. It's at that typical thing. You know, it's. Yep. It's real, I guess. You know, everybody, it's hit everybody at one point, the sophomore slump. Right. Um, you know, I think that it, it probably didn't help that for a really large portion of the year, he wasn't even playing on the right side of the ice. Mm-hmm. You know, that makes it right. difficult to judge really anyone, you know. Um, so I, I just expected more. You know, I expected him, I think, to could be controlling the game a lot more. And last year, there were periods of time where, you know, at 5-1-5, you know, you not only, I think, in the you know, the shot and scoring chance numbers, but just in like the number of times he carried the puck in the zone or prevented a carry. And the whole thing has just seemed out of whack. I don't think they've found the right partner or environment for him yet. Um, you know, I think that's going to be, that's a challenge, but surprise, I think has to be, has to be Cody CC. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any other answer um, that I could come up with. Maybe Casper Kapanen um, and his, I mean, the high, I think the hockey IQ he's exhibited, you know, over the course of the last, uh, well, really, the first couple of months of the team is a lot better than anybody anticipated. Right. Yeah. Um, a lot faster than I thought he was, too. I knew he was fast, but that guy's fast. Yeah, he's Tanev fast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's his whole game. That's that's what he He really is. But he makes – people have the angle on him. It's like watching a football, the real, like, uh, Hill from Kansas City. Guys will take the angle with him, and he's gone. Big, wrong angle because he's I'll already – It'll seem him penalty kill a little bit more for that exact reason. Yeah. 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 Speaking of that, let's let's delve into that real quick. Nothing infuriates me more when I watch the Penguins is when they're on the penalty kill. A defenseman will get the puck, and instead of just getting it out of the zone, looks to pass it to somebody or throws it back behind the boards to a guy that is another guy from the other team are both battling for the puck. It's not even a wide-open guy, and they can't get the puck out of the zone. Is that the way they're taught to do this? Or why in the hell, Jesse, don't they just get the puck out of the zone? Probably a combination of personal poor preference. 
uh, and I think the system, because like the idea behind the system is they call it a wedge. Yeah, right? I get that. Yeah, I and you, that. you have this one forward just up at the top of the zone, just creating all kinds of hell. Um, and I think that you know more often than not, the idea is to make the bank play to that forward. Um, that may not always be the right thing to do. Uh, I think circumstantially it can be, but you know overall, um, the old recipes, you know, high and off the glass, right? Like that's the safest thing in the world. So uh, more of that would be would certainly be great. Well, well they did uh, quit throwing it over the glass there <laughs> lately. Yeah, that's true. I thought that was the goal of theirs first few games. H- off the glass is the critical piece of that equation. The, not yeah, over. not over. <laughs> yeah, they and they started out <laughs> chucking it over the glass like four games in a row. <laughs> Hey, I want to back to that Capitals game, right? Oh, God. (laughs) I want I want to move to the guys between the pipes, uh, Tristan Jari and Casey DeSmith. Uh, Shaky, you know, I I guess a a very generous term for Tristan Jari early in the season. You could say shaky, but he's really seemed to have gotten his groove. And Casey DeSmith has been pretty solid as a backup. Um, You know, uh, right now, as it stands, Jari has a. 289 goals against average to Smith to uh, 2.22 and they're both over 90 as far as their uh, save percentage. Um, what do you think it's been with Jari? Has it just been a matter of confidence? You think it was that, you know, Sullivan pulled him earlier in the season, gave to Smith some time to come in, let Jari get his head clear, get some coaching, get some practice. What, what have you seen with Jari? Cause he, uh, the other night he made some just, mind-blowing saves um you know to save that game what what have you seen with him and you know going from the beginning of the season to how he's playing now it's tough to say that's a good question I, you know i watched tristan jari all the way back in edmonton when he was playing for the oil games mm-hmm. um and it was just weird this is a wonky wonky version of him right. uh to start the year and i don't know i don't know that i can explain it uh i think there are a couple of things right so one you didn't see him playing the puck a lot Right. early on the year, which right. doesn't indicate a lot of confidence to me from him. The other one is his rebound control was pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he struggled with that, which is uncharacteristic of him. Um, and, and he came, so a story on Tristan Jari is, uh, and this kind of coincides with the Laurent Brassois, who's another backup now in the National Hockey League. They played together in Edmonton and went to the same academy. And the academy uh, was very much angularly based. You know, it was about geometric positioning and angles and being, you know, in and on top of the crease and how to cut shots off and um, things of that nature. So I, th- I always look for how much he's challenging to kind of get the barometer of how he feels, right? Okay. Um, is he out? Is he, is he aggressive? Is he on top of it? Is, you know, it's normally where he's at his best. And for whatever reason, those elements just weren't on display. I don't know if it was a lack of camp, lack of scrimmages, lack of preseason, what it was. Uh, we don't know, but it's certainly back, whatever it, whatever it is. And, well, Dumerlin uh, came back, so the defense has been a little better in front, too. But I would say, too, like, that, you know, do I, there's no other way to say this. I mean, Dumerlin was just bad at the beginning of the year. He really was. <laughs> what is this? So, like, he's the awful. fact that he, it's not just the fact that he's back. It's the fact that he's back and, and then playing well. You know, what's considered to be the normal version of himself. Right. Right? Um, that's critical. Because if they, if they didn't have that piece – they don't. They don't get into the playoffs. They have no chance with yeah. a bad Dumoulin. I don't think. Um, not not in taking any kind of meaningful minutes. It's, that'd be a death sentence to them. Uh, Casey DeSmith has shown himself to be a pretty capable backup, and not just this year. You know, is is he? 
you know, as far as a backup goaltender, is he as solid as what you could look for as far as a guy that could step in every few games? And like even, you know, last night, he ended up losing that game, but he was solid. Um, are they pretty comfortable with him in a position he's in right now? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I think especially considering, you know, they've given him some starts against some pretty decent teams. Yeah. Um, and I think that uh, they haven't really had to think twice about it. So, yeah, I, I think they're fairly comfortable with the position they're in there right now. Is, is it, it? Are you surprised it, he started the second game against Boston after was Jari just exhausted after that first one? Probably. Yeah. 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 And there haven't been a lot of back-to-back situations for him this year. It's just sort of right. uh, And, you know, you come from the that junior workload. You know, sometimes you play Thursday, Friday, Sunday. Right. It's not out of the realm of possibility to have three games in two days or four days. Yeah. So he's used to that. Right. But like, you know, it, it, within reason, you know, I think it's still it's even though we say the season's half over, really only 20 some games into it. You know. Right. So, yeah, um, I think it's it's about it's about workload management more than anything else. As long as, you know, we don't have to go to Canada at least here during the regular season. And, you know, there's no chance that DeSmith losing his passport. Wasn't it him that lost his passport and couldn't yes. get to a game when he was called yeah. up? <laughs> yeah. Oh, was that two years ago now? Right? Yeah. I think they were in, they were supposed to play either in Toronto or Montreal. Yeah. I think Listen, let's get off that his, whole shit. I lost his, my passport. <laughs> he couldn't find his passport. And I heard the coaches were really pissed because they needed him bad. Yeah, anyway, as we it. as we start to uh, we're gonna wrap things up here with uh, with Jesse Mar uh, from the the Athletic, uh, kind enough to join us tonight. Jesse, this team we talked about you know making a couple of changes here or there. Is this team could they develop? Are they or do they need pieces to become a cup contender? Or are they there right now? I think it depends on what you consider a cup contender, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean. I, I like personally, you know, just as far as odds making is concerned in this league, one of my favorite ones from a more analytical perspective is Money Puck. Okay. They do a really nice amalgamation of some of the data that I think is really important in the game and, and kind of use that to spit out an odds um, and, and give you, you know, sort of a, a favorites list to win. Any of the Penguins were at the top of the second third. <laughs> okay. Makes sense. Okay. So like, got uh, it. If you want to take the cup winners, like you, you had Tampa. Your Tampa was in yeah. there. Washington certainly is a player. Um, t- Toronto, of course. Mm-hmm. Minnesota, which I got a lot of heat for pointing that out, which is so stupid. <laughs> I, I, I don't. I wanted to say to to the idiots that drug me for that. Watch a damn wild uh, game. I, I watched one the other night. That's a damn good hockey Holy team. Holy shit, are they good. A really good hockey team. Yeah. They're one of the best young players in the game. Their yeah. goaltending, you know, it's better now. It had coronavirus, all of it, literally, the whole thing. Right. <laughs> there was no goaltending there for a very long period of time. Right. Uh, but it's finally starting to catch up. But long story short, you'd probably put that group, that's like the, the lead group, and then then you have them sort of slotted in right below that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, 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 and, and so going into that same line, you talked about Minnesota and I, I feel, I feel kind of bad that there's not as no fans or not as many fans in the stands because with as good as this Minnesota team is playing, I would love to see that place packed with those rabid hockey fans up there in Minnesota. 
Yeah, and, and every place in the league pops when you have an, oh. a great individual effort, you know. And, and yep. that's the thing about Kirill Kaprizov right now is he's got so many of them. That place, the people be crawling over the glass to celebrate that because they've come through so many years of, you know, good teams that were just like unassumingly good, you know, with without a lot of star power. And uh, now you finally they finally have it, you know. So it's it's gonna be an exciting time for them for sure. No, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting rest of the season, I'm sure. I'm really, really looking forward to it. I always get, you know, I'm always curious when the trade deadline comes around. But I'm also, you know, with this, and I'm sure you answered a lot of questions like what your thoughts were as far as why Rutherford left when he did. I mean, to me, it doesn't matter. He's gone. There's a new administration in here now. And, you know, it's going to be, uh, you know, this is Ron Hextall's team. Uh, moving forward and, you know, for the rest of this year and develop them into future years as we see, you know, Crosby just passed his thousandth game, but him, Malkin, uh, the core of this team, uh, you know, Chris Letang, they're getting older. Uh, so it's going to be really, really fascinating to see um, to see how things pan out. Duty, any last questions for Jesse? No, I think he hit everything I wanted to talk to him about. Um, just, I just want to say, Jesse, thank you so much. Um, they say Pittsburgh's a football town, but uh, we all know that there's a ton of people that follow these Penguins. Like it's, you know, even more than like the people that when they, there are more people at the Penguins parade when they win the cup than when the Steelers won the Super Bowl. <laughs> so uh, we've been trying to get. It's a little warmer. Here, but, it's a little warmer. Yeah, but we really appreciate it because we get a lot of, we get a lot of Penguin listeners. Yeah. Uh, Jesse, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, tell everybody where they can find you, where you are on social media, where they can find your stuff. Yeah, at uh, The Athletic in Pittsburgh and uh, on the old Twitter machine there at jmarshfof. Uh, we have a little podcast on The Athletic, too, called Dying Alive, which really isn't even about hockey as much as it's about good places to get food in the Strip District. Oh, <laughs> I was um, just there. Gaucho. Yeah. Oh, uh, you nailed it, Gaucho. Buddy. Oh my you know God. What? Like, that's really, have you been to their new location even... yet? Have you been to oh, where, where they moved? It's 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 unbelievable. <laughs> Listen, I, I you have struck a nerve for me here because I really have not spent enough time talking about them. I guess for a minute I kind of held it against them, you know, like the that they were branching out and I kind of uh -huh. wanted them to, you know, stay small. But um just here's the thing, like if you <laughs> this is you can't say this about many restaurants. Go ahead. But if you went there and you only got bread, and that's it. <laughs> you'd, you'd walk out and be like, "That's the most amazing place I've ever eaten in my entire life." I don't know. I'm I'm partial to all their meat. It's so good. Yeah. Oh, it's it, it. They do it the right way too. Well, yeah, I, it's unbelievable. Jesse, I gotta tell you, I had a a few weeks ago. I had a birthday, and I uh, and I've been trying to watch what I was eating because I certainly put on the quarantine fifteen. Uh, since this has all been going on. so But I had a cheat day. So I went down to the Strip. One of my favorite pizza joints uh, Bella. And, uh, down there is Bella Note. Yeah, everybody loves Bella. Love, and if you're going to cheat. Yeah. You're going to cheat at the place where one slice is the size of five. Thank you. <laughs> and you know what? It's the the wonders of shredded pepperoni. Okay, not you know sliced. What, man, that's a good point, too. Shredded right. pepperoni. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I used to, you know what? I never got the pep down there. I always went with the green pepper. No, get the pep. I'm telling yeah. you, you will not be disappointed. Yeah. They don't no, cheat I've had it. it. Yeah, I've had yeah. it. I, just, I, but, I have all the green peppers. They bake those suckers in there deep, man. They're good. I got to tell you, though, it's I get really pissed off on, on um, 
on Twitter, and I'll I'll give him a I'll, I'll give him a plug here. I I love Joey Bag of Donuts stuff on Twitter. Like his the polls and stuff he brings up. He puts up these brackets about pizza. They never put Bellanote in there as some of the best pizza in Pittsburgh. Yeah, so you can't even like, vote. It's not really, it, it just doesn't have that reputation around. Well, it, there's always you know? Minios. You know, there's always the standby. Yeah, it, but you know what? Look, how about throwing an underdog in there? You know, you have a Belmont make the tournament. You know, throw him in there one of these times, Joey. And I, when I post this on Twitter, I'm going to say, hey, Joey, we mentioned you on the podcast. Listen and take our advice. Okay. <laughs> Go to Beaver County more too, Joey. <laughs> everybody yeah. knows. Everybody knows Beaver County is the pizza capital of Pittsburgh, anyway. Oh so. my God! And I, I tell you what, I, I that day I had, I had Bellanote pizza, and then to top off my dessert was two donuts from Peace, Love, and Little Donuts, and then I was. Oh, I can't beat that I either. Was perfectly. I, that was a day for me. I was, I was good. Did you guys remember a place down there that was actually right next to Peace, Love, and Little Donuts called Car Hops? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, it closed. It closed down. Ugh. It's not open anymore. But they had really good buy the slice pizza too. Oh. I would argue that at the at its peak, it rivaled Bellanote in size. Okay. Um, but they they closed. But long story short, the reason I tell you this story is because they had made it was like an old 50 style diner theme. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. a greaser theme. And they had made this stuff called turbo sauce, right? And I'll tell you guys, I don't know what was in it. And it was a hot sauce, but I had never in my life tasted anything like it. And you could go there and you could get turbo fries, you get turbo fingers, or you could just get it in a boat and dip the pizza in it. Oh, and hell it yes. Great. But I'll tell you afterwards, like <laughs> you, like if you, you could not go there and eat during your lunch break at work, let's put it like that. Yeah, and you can't walk around the strip district for afterwards, long afterwards either. You're done. You're cooked. <laughs> yeah. Like you have a very limited amount of time to get home. And yeah, you like Pamela's. You can walk around the corner oh, to Pamela's. Pamela's. That's it. Yeah. So and anyway, I, and rest, I, I, port, rest, rest in peace to uh, car hops. And I will, I will say this about Pamela's. Every time my wife and I are down are downtown, that is there. There is no other choice for breakfast for me. I'm sorry, buddy. You're, you're, you're talking. Sausage. You're talking to. You're talking to a Deluca's guy. A Delu oh, okay, no, no, you're talking no, to a no, no. Just, hey, look, look. I'll admit to you, Jesse. Deluca's is on my list. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna go there and try it. But here here's the reason why. When my wife, when I went to Pitt, my wife went to Seton Hill University in Greensburg. So can I just stop you real quick and ask you a very important question? Yeah, Where please. Where live? We, I actually live in Greensburg. No, 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 no. When you went to Pitt. Oh, when I went to Pitt? I yeah. lived on Cato Street. South Oakland? Yeah, in South Oakland. Love South Oakland. Yeah, so we live. Beautiful if, place. If you, you remember where the old sod was, South Oakland yep. Dive? Mm -hmm. So if you kept and then on. you got shanked twice. <laughs> If you if you went down toward was, the Boulevard no, no, no. of the Allies, South Oakland was not the place that you no, went. No, no, North you, Oakland. You, you had to, <laughs> that was you, a separate story. You had to know people. But if you went down the Boulevard of the Allies and you kind of made like a little left and then are, and then went straight up that one of those back roads, there was we lived on Cato Street. My my friends and I we and a group of people that they knew we rented a house. So that's where we all lived. It was like Delta House from Animal House. But here was the here was the greatest thing about that street. Right down the block was where Dan Marino's parents lived. All right. Mm. So a couple of times we saw Dan Marino. And then what was even better, Bruno Sammartino's uh, family home was right down the street. And we actually got to meet Bruno a couple of times because he'd be walking up the street when he was visiting his mom when his mom was still alive. 
and we'd see I've heard Bruno. He was just the nicest guy. He was too. the nicest. He would spend an inordinate amount of time with you and yeah. talking to you. He was a super, super guy. But when my wife and I began dating, and I took her to Pitt uh, to show your show her the campus and everything else, the first place I ever took her to breakfast was there was a there was a Pamela's in Oakland. Mm-hmm. Right on yeah. Forbes. Yep. So we kind of go in the way back time machine going to Pamela's, but DeLuca's is on our list. We're, we've heard a bazillion times we've got to go there and try breakfast, and we're definitely going to do that. I've done them both. There's certainly nothing wrong with either one of them, but I go to Pamela's and get those chorizo sausage and eggs, and I, I am a happy, happy man. <laughs> yeah, it's a good pick. That's definitely a good pick. Well, Jesse, I usually go pass out at the Church Brew Works restroom about an <laughs> well, hour you later. could do <laughs> look. Think of how easy it is to do breakfast, lunch, and dinner in the strip. Yeah. Like you, you, oh, you're, no, there's no question. You're about it. You're, no you question. don't. You don't need anything. So. Nope. That Bellanote, the Freddie Prince Jr. lookalike used to work in there, and it was uh, it was crazy. It looked just like him. Well, the crazy uh, before we wrap wrap up, Jesse, the craziest time at Bellanote was the Saturday before. Uh, the Steelers played the Cardinals in the Super Bowl. When the Steelers uh, were at Super Bowl weekend, they actually closed down the streets in the strip. So yeah. You have to park and then walk your way into the strip. So you could, like, there was a bazillion people. And that was the first time I ever had Bella Note. And we went in there and had pizza, and I've been hooked ever since. So that's a, well, that's a good way to get hooked. Absolutely. Yeah. Jesse, can't thank you enough. Appreciate you joining the podcast. Uh, you know, uh, Duty and I are going to stay here and talk a little bit of Steelers free agency so you can log off, but would love to have you back on the podcast sometime. Absolutely, gentlemen. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. You have Thanks, a good Jesse. night. Thanks, Jesse. No problem. Hey, big, big shout out. Thank you so much to Jesse Marshall from The Athletic Pittsburgh, uh, Penguins writer. Uh, great insights from Jesse there, Duty. Yeah, he... Uh... It's when you know he does. Not you can tell he doesn't just do penguins hockey. He just does hockey. He does so hockey. He, yep. He's a he's a big hockey fan. He knows all the teams. Um, it's just guys like me and you watch maybe five different teams depending right. on who they're playing. He watches all those games. So and I love very knowledgeable. I, I I'd get him on just to talk food. I I've, I've, yeah. He sounds he, to me a, like he's so, into it. Yeah, he's a foodie man. I love that. So let's talk a little bit of uh, uh, NFL free agency. We'll focus a little bit on the Steelers, of course. Um, so they let go Vince Williams. That's the latest. Bud Dupree signs with the Titans. Mike Hilton signs with the Bengals. Steelers re-signed Cam Sutton, which I think is, is good. That's a positive. Um, uh, J.C. Hassenauer, uh, I guess he's the center du jour, at least for right now. Um, we lost. Uh, they lost Matt Filer. A lot more losses then pickups they lost alu-alu um how's it looking to you i didn't expect any of those guys the only one i'm surprised is alu-alu i thought they would bring him back but i also haven't seen the money he got yet yeah yeah so i mean maybe he just got the amount of money they're like well that's ridiculous i mean he's a good player oh and the steelers did sign zach banner which is somebody i did expect them to sign yeah i'm like I'm not shocked. What I'm kind of shocked about more of the free agency is that Juju Smith-Juster isn't signed by someone. But, you know, none of the big-name receivers have signed yet. So I think they're waiting. The teams are waiting to see what one of the other big-name receivers gets mm-hmm. as far as money and years, and then you're going to see them all sign the same day. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. Uh, and I don't, I don't think Juju's coming back. 
um, he's been surprisingly quiet on social media and that is not like him at all. Right. Uh, I, I was a little, little surprised again, that Vince, Vince Williams left. Well, he got let go. Steelers let him go. He did. They didn't even. He didn't even sign as a free agent. He just. No, was he was. He was released, and he's. He's out. So maybe there. they'll re-sign him at a lower price. Maybe that has something to do with it. But yeah. Um, I, I'm not sure. Dupree got away too much money. Uh, was it Filer who went to San Diego? Yeah, Filer went to the. Yeah, went to the Chargers. Look, he's getting like nine million bucks a yeah. year for three years. That's way too much money. So Alu Alu got a two-year, six million dollar deal from the Jaguars. So it's three million a year or six three million three no three million a year two years six million. I would have signed him. I would have matched. Him. I agree. I agree. But it's like I don't know. You know, it's always such a juggling act. Like what the Steelers' salary cap situation is. You know, it's like okay, how much money do they have? What do they have left? Are they looking for someone else? Do they got someone they believe that can fill Alu Alu's shoes? If they do, I haven't seen them. Like I have no idea who no, that person might be. I, I haven't but, either. And. I know he only the, the, the knock on that that decision was he only played about a third of the plays sure. at that the nose tackle you know he wasn't he wasn't in there on at the nickel right all the time so it, he didn't play a lot of snaps so maybe three million bucks a year for a guy that plays thirty three percent of the snaps but I thought he was productive right um, I liked he was he was pretty disruptive at times against. Uh, the run especially but um i haven't really been that shocked they brought back uh the cornerback was it hilton no they brought back tam sutton hilton signed with the bengals yeah so that's i think that's a good signing um just far as numbers and depth go yeah the only fight that i've been seeing like between writers and people on social media is like you got you had your hilton people and you had your cam sutton people i don't think Anybody expected the Steelers to be able to sign both of them. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, although some people said some stuff like, well, you should have just let Joe Hayden go and uh, signed both of them. Well, it's neither here nor there. You know, I, I now, maybe, but maybe. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm okay with that. Now, I heard a rumor today on this was actually on a sports talk station out of Dallas where I listened to that. Um, and I don't know how true it is or why they would know or have contact in Pittsburgh, but I heard that Pittsburgh may bring back the running back. You know who? James Connor. Yeah, for really? a uh, for a cheaper deal. I don't know. I'd I'd be surprised. Um, I mean, I but that then again, but then again, price. I saw a story where the Steelers are talking to Alejandro Villanueva. About resigning. Yeah, that makes no sense. No, to me. that makes zero sense. I, I just don't. I, I don't. Unless, here's the only thing. We knew DeCastro for most of last year was hurt. We knew he wasn't a hundred percent. Maybe the Steelers knew something about Villanueva that he wasn't a hundred percent. Maybe they'll he, move him to right tackle. And he would take he would take less money to come back and prove himself. Maybe even on a one year deal. Okay. Um, I don't know, but. It's it's here. The the funny thing was when uh, a couple of days ago when the Steelers were losing all of these free agents, it was like left and right. And it, it all started with Bud Dupree. People were already thinking about the compensatory picks for 2022. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
And there would be, seriously, there'd be a ton of them. Like if all these guys signed with somebody else, they, the Steelers would get a ton of draft picks. Yeah, they well, might end up. They might end up with twelve draft picks next it's year. Very possible. Very, very possible. But you know, uh, uh, Roethlisberger will be back. He restructured his deal. Took five million less. Definitely seems like to everybody this is going to be his last year, not only as a Steeler but probably as an NFL quarterback. Um, yeah, he's not going anywhere else. No, but but then it, you know we talk. Then then the talk will start. Okay, well then. Who's going to replace Ben? You know, uh, there's there's not a lot of conference confidence in Mason Rudolph. They they got uh, Dwayne Haskins off the off the garbage heap. Um, you know, if somebody like a Max Smith fell on their lap in the first round, would they pull the trigger on that? Because no way. Here's here's the thing. I a lot of people are saying, well, they're going to go offensive offensive tackle in the first round. I don't necessarily believe that because if well, not, I don't either, because I think there's three or four good ones. Yeah. But I don't know deep. if any of them are going to be there by the time they pick. But, but I think, I think the offensive line is really deep in this draft. So if a Najee Harris was there at 24, I think the Steelers take him. I, yeah, do. I wouldn't mind that pick, but I, here's what I think their best move would be. And who is going to be there at 24, I'm betting, is going to be this kid, the center from Alabama. Oh, okay. Yeah. A consensus best center in the draft. Centers don't get picked in the first round. However, you know what team I'm a fan of, correct? Unfortunately. Go ahead. But that's your problem. So the Dallas Cowboys a couple years ago bucked a trend when they were picking closer to 28 Mm -hmm. and took pick Travis Frederick. And he was a pro bowler for 10 years. Right. Um, you're, I talk, know you're, you're talking about group. you're talking about Landon Dickerson. That's the kid from Alabama, Alabama center. And yep. he can also play guard. But by all accounts, and I didn't do any of my draft prep yet. But by all accounts, if you look at mock drafts and you look at player rankings of people that uh, say they know what they're talking about this time of year, they all say he is the best center prospect in the draft. I don't think. The Steelers are happy at all with the guy they got penciled in now. Yeah, I can't even pronounce his name. With, with J.C. Hassenauer, yeah. Hassenauer. But I don't think Hassenauer is a really bad player. I don't know if he's ready to start. Right. I think he could use another offseason, um, get in his system. Um, I don't think I want to go into the season with Hassenauer as my starting center. So I wouldn't mind them taking that center from Alabama. I wouldn't. I wouldn't pick a guard in the first round and there's some tackles out there, but I'm not so sure. A lot of people like, uh, like four tackles. I only like so far preliminary. I only like probably two and a half, maybe a third one, but I, I don't think there's more than two left tackles that are going to be worthy of a 20 number 24 pick. So well, remember we'll to remember too, if they don't get who they're looking for at that pick, they did bring back BJ Finney. Uh, who's who's familiar with the Steelers system, you know, I mean, even uh, they're, they're trying to kind of what you see right now, and certainly we haven't had the draft yet, so we don't know who's going to be available and when, but the Steelers have kind of like piecemealed this, um, this offensive line back together. Um, you know, DeCastro- yeah, the other thing too is you're going to see some good tackles released here in the next couple yeah, of days. You are for salary cap reasons. Right. So if the Steelers get what they're, 
you know, if they get more <clears throat> more comfortable with their offensive line situation here through free agency, um, who knows what happens. So let's, let's spread it out a little bit here in the last few minutes we have on the podcast. Talk a little bit about um, the NFL in general. Any surprises uh, with any of the signings or just players released? Just, I would say to you the amount of money that New England's came out of the gates with. Um, New England has signed like six people already, six or seven guys, and two tight ends. Hunter Henry was one of them, right, out of the Chargers? Yeah, the other one was like John U. Smith. I think uh-huh. he got two of the, the two best tight ends on the market, and they signed them both. So uh, I, what I don't understand is who in the hell is going to get it to him because I think Cam Newton is horrid. Right. Um, but they came out with – they spent a lot of money. They had a lot of money to spend but they spent a lot of money. Well, they also picked up Matthew Judon from the, from the, yeah. From the Ravens. Ravens. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they've, they've actually, they picked everyone they signed is legit. They spent a ton of money. Right. And remember they had like three or four defensive players last year that just sat out due to COVID that are coming back. Right. That's true. Yeah. I mean, so, so basically what you're going to have is you're going to have, if, if they had a running game, they'd be deadly. But you're going to have, even though it's Cam Newton, which, again, is very limited. You know how I feel about him. Right. You're going to have a top five defense, and you're going to have two really good tight ends for ball control. And what do they need in the draft? They, they might need some some receivers. And if they upgrade, they did let – I think they let go one of their big linemen, a guard, I believe, they let mm-hmm. go. So they're, you're going to see some linemen. But they got a ton of picks again. So right. they're going to be legit. If Now, I don't know. There's still some I, – I honestly have not ruled out the uh, possibility that Alex Smith will sign with the New England Patriots before this is all said and done. Mm-hmm. And whether he beats out Cam Newton or not, I don't know. Cam signed a one-year deal, but I can't believe Bill Belichick is comfortable with him throwing passes down the field. What'll be, interesting. <clears throat> What'll be interesting, we're definitely going to do as we get closer to the draft, uh, we're definitely going to be doing our pre-draft um, evaluations. You are the biggest nerd I know. When it biggest comes draft to, nerd, baby. When it comes to the draft. So we'll be having our pre-draft podcast. Uh, Duty will be giving out his best of position picks. Uh, hopefully we might have a couple of guests come on to talk about their thoughts, uh, but you know, it's getting close. There's never an off season with football. And, uh, no, not at all. and uh, just that to remind everybody that I was pretty much right on all the ones I liked last year. Yeah. Yes, you were. Including the receiver from Notre Dame. that's now Pittsburgh Steeler. Yeah. Thank you. Are you going to like remind me of that? Like every, every draft show, yep. every draft show. Okay. Well, that's going to about wrap it up for Basement Sports Podcast number 43. As always, remember, you can send us an email, basementsportspodcast at gmail.com. That's basementsportspodcast at gmail.com. You can also find this podcast on Spotify, on iTunes, on iHeartRadio, wherever you find your podcast. Twitter, on, Facebook. Well, you can find our, our pages on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, wherever you can, wherever you listen to podcasts, you can find us. We just applied for radio.com. So yeah, how we'll long see, does that take, for God's sake? Six months. 
So we'll see. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. But please reach out to us. Let us know what you think. Give us a like, and um, we will talk to you next time. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it.